Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois. And this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loyer, your host. Let's face it, we live in a time when there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of confusion, a lot of division, especially over things like the policies of the pandemic, things like Equality Act, things coming out of our government, and things that we hear like critical race theory, critical theory itself, cultural wars, cultural stress, tension, division, so on. It's very, very anxiety-producing. And I like to propose that the spirituality and history of the Eastern Catholic Churches can be very relevant and helpful and stabilizing in this, because what I try to do in this program is to show how the Eastern Churches are not, are not only interesting to hear about and study, hopefully you find it interesting and inspiring, but also very relevant, very useful. We need the gifts of the Eastern Churches. We need the gifts of each other's churches, East and West. But in this case, of course, our program highlights the gifts of the Eastern Churches. The first thing that the Eastern Churches had that can offer some stability, some guidance, some way to negotiate through all this is some of their history, especially their recent history. And in particular, the Eastern Catholic Churches in the areas of Central and Eastern Europe. If you look at the world, a lot of the strife, a lot of the epicenters of the major strife in the world today is in basically the Eastern Hemisphere, Eastern locations, the Middle East, Africa, the Far East, Eastern and Central Europe. The Western world has its strife, but it doesn't have some of the major, major epicenters of real strife and revolution and war and all kinds of chaos and bloodshed as we have in the Eastern Hemisphere, the Eastern nations and that applies also to the Eastern churches because they find themselves ensconced in these Eastern cultures. So it was with the Eastern Catholic churches of Central and Eastern Europe, which of course is my heritage. These churches suffered greatly under communism, atheistic communism, which has its roots in two men, Frederick Engels and Karl Marx, who in 1848 
released their Communist Manifesto. And that was based upon some philosophies that actually preceded them, these philosophies by people like Hegel, a philosopher, built a sort of foundation out of which the Marxist ideology sprang. And basically, the Marxist ideology, to make it real, real simple, is atheistic at heart because it believes simply that everything is reduced to matter, you know, matter, like physical matter, which is devoid of any kind of spirit or mind. And this goes for everything. Everything is seen in terms of matter, and matter is always in a certain conflict. It's called thesis and antithesis, and they kind of bang against each other, they sort of war against each other until there's a synthesis. In other words, until something survives, something remains. So conflict is at the very heart of the Marxist ideology. Now, when communism started in 1917 in a revolution in Russia, the strife, the conflict at that time was between economic classes, the poor and the rich, or the rich and what they call the proletariat. The proletariat was supposed to overcome the rich and make things equal. Marxist ideology is very idealistic. It's not realistic, and it's also as atheistically based. So what happened was this takeover of this philosophy even affected the church, because the church was in the way, because the church is not atheistic. The church, of course, is all about God. And so the churches were in the way, especially the Eastern Catholic churches, because we were in union and loyal to Rome. And the communists at that time in Central Europe and Russia and that area, they wanted us to defect from Rome because going up against the Roman Catholic Church and its stability, its truth, was exactly what an atheistic ideology did not want. So it wanted us to separate from Rome, from the Pope. It enticed us to join the Orthodox churches and nothing against the Orthodox churches, but they got very much infiltrated by the communists at that time. So we refused to do that. Our bishops refused to do that in particular, and they suffered and died as martyrs and have been now pronounced as blessed, as saints. And this ideology was very, very oppressive. And our people, our churches, the Eastern Catholic churches in particular, suffered greatly under this. So we as Eastern Catholics can recognize what is happening in America. The communist ideology, as I mentioned, is about conflict between classes, economic classes primarily. However, this struggle, the economic class struggle, could not really happen in America because America had something that the Russian culture did not have, a very solid and big established middle class. So it couldn't be just a matter between economic classes, rich and poor. There had to be another way to create conflict in Western countries. And atheistic communism has as its goal to take over the world, which means you have to destroy cultures that are in the way, such as Western cultures, which are very Judeo-Christian based and have freedom as part of them. So they have to do away with Western culture, in particular American culture. You have to destroy it in some way and destroy the church with it. So instead of economic class warfare, the communists pressed for cultural warfare, cultural conflict. In other words, what we have today, which is called critical race theory, conflict between races. In our case, it's between people of color and white people. If you want to get very particular, very specific, it is, of course, between black people, African-American people, and white people. That's the conflict that's being inflamed today through this, what we call, critical race theory. 
And many Americans do not recognize what this is, whereas people in my church and myself personally, we do recognize what it is. And we want to warn America that this is not a good thing. Don't be fooled by this. The fact that the term is used, critical race theory, is the wording that comes right out of Marxist ideology, which has the phrase critical theory. Now, critical theory was coined especially by a Frankfurt school of Marxists, a group of philosophers, sociologists out of Frankfurt, Germany, in the 1930s. They came to America and started with Columbia University spreading this critical theory, which means we could criticize a society in order to force a change, a new direction. This is not just an objective, compassionate criticism for the good. This is criticism that says this society is flawed. It's no good. It must be brought down, changed, reformed, transfigured in a new direction. That, of course, being the communist direction. And this critical theory took on in 1950s in colleges and intellectual circles, then into law schools. And now it is being imposed in school systems for kindergarten to 12th grade. In other words, indoctrination of our children. A lot of Americans don't understand that. They don't see this because they don't have that reference point. Well, the Eastern Catholic churches can tell you from lived experience that this is a very dangerous thing. Now, we're not talking about discussing and looking at the history, the sins of racism in American culture. See, that's the problem here. And that'll bring us to another gift of the Eastern churches in this regard. The problem is that we often confuse terminology. Sometimes it's purposeful. It's deceitful. Many people are taking this term critical race theory and thinking that it's all about some kind of compassionate and penitential approach to our history of slavery and racism in America. Well, it purports to be that, but it's really not. It's about conflict to take down America, to divide it. And we know, as Christ said, a house divided cannot stand. If you want to talk about the history of racism and slavery, that's okay. But other terms should be used. And the study of racism or slavery in America, to be honest, has to be done in the context of the rest of American history. The sum total of American history is not about racism. But see, critical race theory proposes that. Well, the Eastern Catholic churches can see through this. They can also see what ultimately happens. Ultimately, this will result in the oppression, persecution in some way, either through white martyrdom, total censorship, or even blood martyrdom of the church. The church is always the ultimate goal. And this is why the Eastern Catholic churches can raise the warning flag, as I am doing here. It comes from our lived experience. I mentioned there's some other gifts as well that we can bring to this whole confusion and division in our culture. The other one is the emphasis in Eastern spirituality of the human person. A starting point for the human person is very positive in Eastern spirituality, because what happens in our culture is we tend to make everything objectified and compartmentalized. We size something up, label it, and dismiss it. You're not a person, you're a liberal or a conservative, or you're for the critical race theory, you know, that whole package Or if you don't agree with it entirely, or if you say it different ways, well, then you're against it. And therefore, you're an enemy. You're a racist. This is what happens in our culture. We become dehumanized, and we dehumanize others and relegate them to labels and categories and dismiss them. The Eastern spirituality starts from a whole different perspective and maintains that perspective all the time. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that particular gift 
of the Eastern Catholic Churches, which is relevant for our time. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. New from EWTN Publishing, Living the Scriptures by Mother Angelica is a collection of some of Mother Angelica's best on-air presentations and extemporaneous meditations. You will discover that Scripture is not a complicated puzzle meant for pensive biblical scholars, but a divine guide for our everyday spiritual life. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume by Cardinal Fernando Filoni, the Grand Master of the Equestrian Order of the Holy Sepulchre of Jerusalem, reflects on the life, the beliefs, the values, and the choices for a knight and a dame, living the scriptures, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume, available now at EWTNRC.com. Buy Catholic. Shop EWTNRC.com. This is Bishop Christopher Coyne for OLPH Radio in Burlington, Vermont, and you're listening to Light of the East. You are listening to the Choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the sacred liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at byzantinecatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you. Welcome back to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loyal, your host, and I'm trying to shed the light of the East onto our confusing times. Now, I want to reiterate again, in referring to this subject of critical race theory, it's a different thing than discussing fraternally, intellectually, compassionately, thoroughly, scholarly, anything that has to do with our history in America that had to do with racism or slavery. That's a different subject. Yes, it's a subject worth talking about, but as I mentioned, in its fullness, we have to be honest scholars now. Racism is not the sum total of American history. So that's a different subject than critical race theory. And see, that's precisely the problem here, how terms are confused and we're put into little boxes, judged and dismissed. The antidote for that is the starting point of the human person, that we were always human persons made in the image and likeness of God. That is a very strong starting point of how the Eastern spirituality sees the human person. We see ourselves as an imperfect similitude of God. In other words, we reflect God, but in an imperfect way because, well, 
We're created perfect, but we're not equal to God because we're the creation and he's the creator. And also along came original sin, which harmed that image and likeness. But fundamentally, though, what still remains is that in our essence, we are made in the image and likeness of God, which means every human being must be seen that way in a sacramental way. And we should never size people up, never categorize them, never label and dismiss them. They're always worthy of love from us and respect, of hearing them out, of offering in exchange, if we disagree with them, something that is truthful, yet done compassionately. We don't write them off as, oh yeah, he's one of them, so therefore we, we can hate them, can justify hating them. This is the view that is not prevalent enough in our culture. And this is why we have so many cruel and mean things said about one another. If you're not on our side of the political agenda, then you are some kind of enemy. I can call you names. I can berate you. I can get personal in my attacks about you. This is something that has become the norm. Well, let's back away from that and reconfigure a way of looking at the human person in the image and likeness of God and therefore always worthy of love and respect at all times. Another gift is this idea of diversity. Well, now there is a term that's used today in these discussions, diversity. But what do I mean by diversity? The Eastern churches, the Eastern Catholic churches in particular, are a testimony that there's more than one way of looking at the same thing and believing in the same thing. You see, what happens in our world is that because we might articulate our position about a value differently than someone else, that that someone else now disagrees with us. They're wrong. We don't believe them because they don't talk like us. They don't use the same words as us. And therefore, they can't possibly be interested in the same value as us. That is a big mistake. Look at the Eastern Catholic churches. They're a living testimony to the fact that there is more than one way to look at something. And this something, in this case, is the church and our faith. The fact that there are 21 different ways to be Catholic is a great testimony to the fact that we can approach the same faith, that body of truth that we know as the Catholic faith, and the church that we know as Catholic, with its center, its head in Rome. We can approach that by believing in the same thing, but in different ways of expression and of emphasis. Just because we do our liturgy this way and the Latin rite does it another way, their mass another way, similar yet different, doesn't mean that one or the other is wrong or less right or more correct than the other. There is, yes, there is, to use another popular term today, equality modeled in the church by virtue of the Eastern Catholic churches. All rites of the church are equally venerable. Some are just larger than others in population, but they're all venerable and they're ancient. Those are the two qualities of the rites of the church. All of them are ancient and venerable. In other words, none of them just sort of popped up out of nowhere now, like some kind of trend. They've been around for most of the time of Christianity. So they're ancient and they're also holy and venerable. And they give testimony to the fact that there is more than one way to approach the same subject. So 
if someone were to say, such as myself, that critical race theory is a very dangerous thing and needs to be fought, yes, we need to push back, especially on the level of our children's education, because there's a lot of terrible brainwashing going on with this. If I say that, it does not mean I am therefore a racist, that I'm against even the conversation or the exploration of, of our history of America on that subject. It does not mean that at all. It means that I would recommend, if you want to look at our history and the ills or sins of our history in America, I'd recommend coming at it from a different way, a different angle, a more complete, compassionate, and thorough position. Critical race theory does not. Critical race starts out by saying that American foundational principles are wrong, wrong from the get-go, that America was conceived in racism. Everything it tried to do, every institution is inherently racist, that racism is systemic in our culture. Now, that's a very huge, broad-brush, sweeping claim that needs to be proven and supported, and it really can't be. Now, again, it doesn't mean there wasn't racism and things we should be ashamed of in the past. But to say that America is inherently racist, we're founded precisely on that, nowhere do you find that in the actual documents that founded our country, such as the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, just to name two of the major ones. Different ways of approaching things is a witness that we see from the very fact, the existence of Eastern Catholic churches. Another gift that can help in this confusing time and as a model, is another one of our starting points. The transcendence of God and his incarnation. That this invisible God, this God who has such otherness, in other words, he's out there beyond all things, incomprehensible. You can't fully comprehend a God who is so infinite, so infinitely and incredibly unimaginably loving and merciful. You cannot imagine that kind of a God. He is this way, and yet that God lowered himself. He emptied himself to become his own creation. He humiliated himself while still remaining God. And so this transcendent starting point of God's other holiness, that's where we start from. Just as we started from the idea that human beings were made in the image likeness of God to define and to relate to human beings, that was our starting point, so too with God, the starting point is his transcendence that does become imminent while still being transcendent at the same time. And because God is that way, there are absolute truths. There is something greater than ourselves, something greater than anything man-made. So in other words, our allegiance is first and foremost to God, not to political parties, not to any kind of human institutions, but also because of the incarnation, those political parties, those institutions, government, education, any system in America, any system in the world that is primarily man-made should have its character in God. In other words, it should reflect God. It should be incarnational in itself. So when we talk about government, we talk about education. It has to be based in God and God's order creation. In other words, children should be learning reality, not ideology. Reality means God's blueprint, how God made things, 
this magnificent, wonderful mystery that is God's creation with all of its beauty, all of its profound intellect, its order. That is what we teach our children. That is what we learn all the time. And as we see that order, we try to then fashion everything in our culture and society according to that order. So it is not just a political party in and of itself. That's not where things begin and end. It's a political party or a policy of government or an education system that is to reflect the order of God, God's presence. You cannot take God out of that and have a worthy institution, a worthy system of education. Something will be very inadequate about it and eventually cause problems. Anytime we do not follow God's order of things, things will get problematic. And so in the Eastern churches, this idea that there is something greater than us that we defer to, and that is the transcendence of God, and how we try to make everything on earth reflect God's transcendence and his imminence, because he became imminent, that is a starting point for everything. Imagine if that was adopted instead of this false, abused, and misinterpreted separation of church and state. Separation of church and state does not mean that the government, our nation, has nothing to do with faith and religion. Actually, it means the opposite. It means that government should do nothing to select one religion over the other or to prevent the practice of religion. That's what separation of church and state means. What if we practiced faith, designed everything according to this vision of the transcendent God? In other words, higher values that things on earth must reflect and participate in by virtue of incarnation. ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab. And on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit ByzantineCatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh.